we've always been brand guys. We, like even before this, we've kind of we tried to tried to make a t-shirt company that you know we just ended up selling t-shirts to friends. But I think what we do well and maybe part of our like architectural education is this idea of like concept, which is I think a lot to do with a brand or business. Um, and, and working out a story on, on how it all comes together. So when we sat down to, to start this, we were like, if we have, um, if we have the opportunity to kind of use social media and the internet and whatever we can to leverage, um, getting this place booked so that at least covers our expenses, then we should do that. Welcome to Behind the Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Sponstaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, Zach here. Okay, a quick announcement and a quick request before we dive into this show. First and foremost, the announcement. We have joined the Hospitality.fm podcast network. This is the largest collection of short-term rental, guest experience, and hospitality podcasts. And we're thrilled that we were invited to join just such an incredible cohort of leaders and innovators and entrepreneurs in the hospitality space. Thanks to Will Slickers, the founder of Hospitality FM, for the invitation to join their network. All right, and now the request. We want to know how to make the show better. So in the show notes below, there's a link. It's a link to a type form. And if you could be so kind as to go into the show notes uh, and complete the survey, it'll help us continue to make the show even better, customizing topics and, and whatnot around the things that you really want to hear about, right? We want to make the show as exciting, as dynamic, as interesting, and ultimately as, as educational as possible. And we can only do that if we know what you think about it. So if you scroll onto the show notes below, for the whole month of January and February here, we're running this survey. If you could be so kind as to take just a few minutes to give me your feedback, I would so, so greatly appreciate it. Again, you can find the link to the survey in the show notes below, or if you're having trouble accessing it for whatever reason, send me an email, Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, and I will get you a link. Thank you all so much for being here, and really excited to continue to double down on the show and, and make it even greater. All right, folks, enjoy today's episode. In just a moment, you'll meet Justin and Sean, the creators of the Chalet A-Frame, a beautifully curated escape nestled between the Stratton and Mount Snow ski areas in Vermont. Justin and Sean are both architects. They were roommates in college and have been close friends ever since. One day, while hanging out with the rest of their crew, Justin and Sean got really excited about the possibility of having a place in the mountains where they could host their friends and their family on long weekends. Justin began immediately scrolling through Zillow listings every night, looking for plots of land in Vermont that might work for the guys to build their dream getaway on. Tune in to hear the fun story of how Justin and Sean found their land, how they collaborated on designing the A-frame, what they did when they had to fire their builder halfway through the project, and the role that Instagram has played in helping them book their first guests. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Justin and Sean. All right, guys, we're live. How are you both doing today? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Doing good. good. Happy New Year to you. 
Justin and Sean. So I am uh, I'm pumped for this conversation. We we first connected on Instagram, and I'm trying to remember. I think Janice from Cozy Rock Cabin is how I first discovered you all. We were just geeking out a little bit, um, or really, I'd, I'd say we were we were honoring her uh, right before we hit record <laughs> here about just how much uh, how much like work ethic she has and how much she's got going on. So if you're listening to this and you and you aren't following Cozy Rock Cabin and you don't know Janice. Smith, go check her out because she's um she's a workhorse and doing some really cool things in the space. But anyways, that's how that's how we connected. Um, and guys, one of my favorite things to do on the podcast, just to help folks get to know you all a, a little bit more, is to is to ask you this question. So if if I were to crash uh, a happy hour with with you both and, and some of your closest friends, and if I were to ask them to to tell me a little bit about Justin and and Sean. What it is? What is it that you imagine that they might say, Justin? We'll start with you, and then and then we'll go over to you, Sean. Chances are, Sean would probably be there um, at that happy hour. You'd probably get some sarcastic comments from my my close friends. So once you once you got through that, um, I'd hope they'd say I'm uh, very consistent and hardworking. Um, yeah, I mean, going back even middle school, high school, I've been working weekends with my dad. So I think they all kind of got used to that. Everyone want to go golfing or do something fun. And, and Justin's work, you know, re- renovating homes on the weekends. Uh, still pretty much to this day, kind of doing the same thing. So I think that's kind of where I got a bit of the work ethic from. But I would like to think my friends would say I'm a consistent, hardworking guy and I'm a nice guy. Funny, maybe. Um, I do have funnier friends. So I think in my group of friends, I'd probably be the less... The least funny, I guess, but um, yeah, I think that's that's probably what you get out of them. And what uh, what would you be drinking at said happy hour, Justin? It would be a Tito's and soda. I'm okay. a basic guy, and okay. Sean knows if there's a straw or any fruit in that drink, I'll throw it right across the bar. Not across the bar. I'll take it out because I just <laughs> it's pretty basic. So when then they start throwing the the lemons and the limes and the little fancy straw, that, that's got to go. So maybe frowned upon today to be drinking out of a glass at a bar, but <laughs> I still do it now. So. I like it, man. Tito's and soda. It's a classic. It's a classic. It's Keep it simple, it. right? You, yeah, and, and you can right. get it anywhere. And they're right. you know they can't mess it up, right? So, exactly. um, except maybe I guess in, in your case of putting too much frou frou fruit in it or something like that. <laughs> too many limes or lemons are going to kill it for me. Yeah. <laughs> but what about you, Sean? So you you would be at this happy hour presumably yeah. with Justin. How like yeah. what is your dynamic in in like the group? Like who are what is what is Sean known for? Yeah, I, I think Justin described it before on some other question, but yeah, embarrassingly, we do a lot of the same stuff. Uh, we're good friends, I guess. That's the best way to describe it. So yeah, probably roll with Justin to the happy hour, but um, it's tough to say, I guess, what people would say about you. I, I can confirm what people would say about Justin. <laughs> uh, super dedicated, regimented, and uh he doesn't slow down there. He's the one usually pushing things forward. For me, I don't know. I I, I like to goof with people. I okay. like I like to have fun. We've Sean, got all the same friends that kind of rag on each other, bust balls a lot. So that's that's one of my favorite things to do. What am I? Like Sean, Sean's. I feel like you'd also be known for kind of what's going on in the internet. I feel like Sean's all about the headlines. So if there's some weird news, <laughs> if there's something about aliens coming or just a comment on the way, like Sean will know. Big you know, Twitter guy, yeah. Sec- yeah. Big ah, Twitter nice. guy. Nice. 
Nice. Okay. I, I, I love people like you. I, I'm like an aspiring <laughs> like Twitter guy. I like am trying to get into it a little bit here and there, but like, um, th- yeah, I, I likewise have a buddy who at every happy hour or every get together, if you want to know anything or, or if you, it's really not if you want to know anything, it's if you want someone to have a really strong opinion about something like totally <laughs> random, like he's the guy, he's the guy to talk to. So <laughs> we all, we all have the Sean's in our groups. Yeah. Yeah. Need I'm, it. My uh, Twitter is a huge, huge uh, outlet for just not outlet, I guess, inlet maybe for just everything. It's the fastest like news source on the planet. It's crazy. You can learn about anything. And then, like you said, a bunch of people with crazy uh, opinions on there. I don't ever tweet. Read them. (laughs) Oh, you're a lurker. uh, You're a lurker. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, um, I the reason we're talking beyond just uh you guys being cool cool chaps is that you guys created the chalet which is this really cool a-frame um between stratton and mount snow in in vermont so you guys have done a really good job of documenting the process it's it's brand new you guys just went live in like what like late august is that is that correct yeah september 1st september 1st doors open okay so just in time so still like sort of like brand new you just had your your first fall we're entering winter here um i i want to hear about the story behind how the chalet came to be because again you guys have done a really good job of documenting your process on instagram and it's it's one thing to do that it's entirely you know uh it's just it's one thing to sort of like document your journey it's another thing to do it well in a way that people are like compelled to follow you guys have built Mm -hmm. a cool little following for yourselves and um and again the the place is just beautiful so i want to hear i want to like go back to the beginning and hear like where did the idea come from how did uh the chalet like come to be yeah Yeah, i think we uh I mean, like I said, we hang out a lot. So usually Saturdays, I just swing by his house and uh, either have him explain what he's working on because they do a lot of uh, long-term rental investing. Um, So I try and pick his brain or uh, see what he's up to as much as possible to learn about that stuff. And I think we just, um, through like, listening to podcasts and reading books on that, we kind of got into the whole um, trying to be strategic about how you can plan to get, you know, um, make things happen a different way. So Hmm. um, the, we just started talking about, we saw, we were both looking at the same things on Instagram and we started to see these cool cabins pop up and we thought, you know, how, why can't we build one of our own or, or start to plan to have a place to go for with the boys up there? And, um, yeah, we just, one thing led to started, another, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty, pretty basic and straightforward, I guess, maybe organic too. I mean, like I, I think we mentioned on the call before is there's another one involved, my brother. So he's obviously not on this call, but he's also involved. So it's me, my brother, Ryan, and then, and then Sean on this one. Um, but yeah, I think we were inspired just like everybody else. I mean, I mean, who doesn't want to build a cabin in the woods? It's yeah. pretty awesome. To be honest, we were looking at some cabins out in the Pacific Northwest or a couple um, that I kind of fell in love with early and followed them on Instagram. And I was like, oh man, this would be so cool if we yeah. could do something like this. And selfishly, just for us too, I was like, oh, you know, Sean's big into skiing, uh, my brother a little bit more than me. And I snowboarded years ago, but probably forgot by now. 
but we just thought, oh, that'd be cool if we can get somewhere in the mountains and just like have a spot to go, us three, and you know, bring friends. And um, and we just started talking about it. And then one day in a group chat, I was finally like, okay, hey guys, like there's some land in Vermont. And I don't know if you guys want to take a weekend and go up there and just walk it and see what happens. And and we did. And, you know, then we ended up uh, finding something and going forward. So it kind of just started with an idea like everything else and inspired on Instagram and kind of just went for it. So yeah, yeah. happy we did. Hey everybody, Zach here. So I've got to tell you about this new company I recently stumbled upon called The Host Co. And why I think if you're a short-term rental host, you should go and sign up as soon as you finish listening to this podcast. So as many of you know, my wife Gabby and I spent the last year and a half living full-time in Airbnbs. We like to call ourselves professional Airbnb guests. Now, we were fortunate enough to stay in some of the most incredible homes across the states. I'm talking French cottages in Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, to Scandinavian cabins in the Pacific Northwest. But one of the amenities we often discussed that was missing from the places we stayed was something like a mini bar. You know, so that you can snack on some popcorn after one too many margaritas on Taco Tuesday, or so that you can treat yourself to some M&Ms on cheat day. We thought we had just stumbled upon the idea that was gonna make us millions, but then we did some Googling, and that's when we stumbled upon the incredible folks at The Host Co, who were building the mini bar for Airbnb hosts and then some. The Host Co enables short-term rental hosts to build their own storefronts and to offer amenities like late night snacks, massages, fresh flowers, grocery delivery, in-home shopping, and much, much more. The Host Co makes it easy for guests to augment their stay with the products and services that they need, and it makes it easy for STR hosts to make up to an additional $10,000 in ancillary revenue on each rental. Hosts keep 93% of all sales, and the Host Co takes care of all guest receipts, sales tax, payouts to you and to your vendors. You can create your free store today by visiting thehost.co. And if you do, be sure to tell them that your friends over at Behind the Stays sent you their way. Finally, for a limited time, you can use the promo code BTS30 and get $30 back after your first sale. So head on over to thehost.co, tell them your friends at Spontaneous and Behind the Stays sent you their way. I've got a couple uh, follow-up questions there because, you know, first and foremost, anytime you're going into business with with anybody, right, it's it's challenging. Like, it's different. It's one thing to, like, do it on your own. It's challenging enough. It's, I, I think, a, a, a new kind of challenging when you're when you're doing it with a partner, even when they're a close, you know, buddy. And sometimes, yeah. like, the closer they are, the, the harder it is, right, from a business <laughs> standpoint to, to be a partner. And you guys, it sounds like you guys had a very good friendship and whatnot sort of organically uh, fell into fell into this fell into finding and, and ultimately acquiring the property and then building and building the a-frame what what has been like what has been most challenging with respect to your friendship right uh as a part of as a part of this journey so far like is there is there one thing that's been like damn like before we were business partners this was never an issue now that we're business partners like this this is an issue i mean i I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's good and bad. I, mean, I guess it's not bad. I mean, a lot of our conversations now are obviously centered around the A-frame. Yeah. Before it was just a couple guys bullshitting in the group <laughs> chat, making fun of each other, talking about the next golf trip. Um, now it's mostly like, oh shit, you know, there's an issue or this or that, or we got to make a post, we got to come up with this, we got to fix the website. So it's a lot of that, which I don't think is bad. Um, yeah, otherwise I'm trying to think. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty boring. I mean, we've been, 
I guess, successfully friends for over a decade. So. Successfully friends. That's good. <laughs> uh, and even in, even then in that decade before we started doing and in, uh, investing together, um, I don't think we really had any like blow up fights or anything. So that was probably a good um, foreshadowing for the future. But yeah, I mean, we, we um, back to like strategy, we, uh, we partnered up on a, long-term multifamily before we started the shell a-frame and that had been going well um i had the opportunity to do like a uh, first-time home buyer mortgage and justin had sent out dozens and dozens of mailers to find opportunity there so um it just worked out that i I needed a place also to live Mm. um so we we were able to kind of bring two things to the to the deal there that helped uh, both of our sides. And then from there, it was just like, yeah, I, I don't see why we can't do this with like a vacation rental that we could then, you know, use when we're not, we're not rented out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I I'm, I'm always curious. It, it's one thing to like find a cool cabin, right. And, and, or build one as you, as you all have done from the ground up and just use it as like a, a good investment. It's another thing to sort of like decide to build a whole brand around it. Right. And like that, that's becoming a little bit more trendy now. It definitely historically has not been trendy. Like vacation no. rental homes did not have their own brands, right? Like there was no. some mom and pop and like, you know, Myrtle beach, like, you know, Joe and Smith's, you know, Joe and Sue Smith's like vacation <laughs> rentals. And like, they managed the whole portfolio of Myrtle beach, right? Or whatever it is. Now, like you've got like these Instagram, like these like tiny homes that have a hundred thousand followers, right? Like, yeah. so there's like this moment happening and we've talked about this a fair amount uh, on, on this show, but I'm curious, like, how do you guys, how, how did you come to the decision to not just build a cool spot, use it as an investment? Um, wh- why build a brand around it? That's a good question. I think we knew from the beginning, obviously it was important to, I mean, even just on social media in general, it's, it was just really important to kind of build an audience yeah. and kind of really pinpoint that audience and know your avatar, I guess, like know who that, that person is that you're talking to and really like fine tuning that, which isn't easy either. Like, I think initially you want to make it for everybody. And I think that's the biggest thing is if it's for everybody, it's for nobody. Mm. So we really had to say, okay, we're going to build an A-frame. Here's how it's going to be. Here's the type of person I think we, we're going to want in the space. You know, here's the people that are probably going to pay attention to our page. You know, how do we get their eyes? Um, and there's certain photographers out there, I'm sure that have been brought up a bunch on this podcast, but you know, they're doing a great job capturing these spaces and really telling the story. They know how to do it. Uh, they're not just like real estate photographers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we knew kind of going into it and, you know, throughout the build, we knew it was important that we kind of documented all the steps. We knew people would really kind of build some trust, I think, along the way. You know, we didn't do a great job kind of getting behind the camera. We didn't really introduce ourselves until I think we were done with the project. So that was <laughs> shame on us for that. And Janice has uh, reminded us a bunch that we messed that one up. But <clears throat> yeah, I think it was just kind of documenting it along the way and letting people follow and letting them in on what was going on. Any troubles, any issues or all the all the cool things or just tips and tricks along the way. I think that was helpful. And then, then when it's done, I think people really can look at it differently versus just, oh, here's a space I can go to be in the mountains, but like, oh man, let's go stay at the chalet. Like we've been following them for a year. Like they're super cool guys. Like, let's go check out what they did. Yeah. Kind of, I guess it's kind of where we went. So, and it's like, it, it's like the, the thing 
I think in theory everyone wants to do something like this, but like what people don't know, don't realize is like creating content is hard. Like coming yes. up, like finding, like scheduling and planning and trying to come up with something interesting to say or <laughs> trying to not just use the same photo that you've used like t- ten times before, right? Like, yeah, it's it's no joke. And I think like the it, it's such a sexy idea. Like, oh gosh, like let's like buy this plot of land, let's build this thing, let's document it on Insta, like all this stuff. I, I really don't think people understand like how hard it is to do it really well and then to be successful. Like not everyone starts that, you know, gets an Instagram handle and, and, and starts documenting their their build, right? Ends up with thousands or tens of thousands of followers. Many of them are kind of like stuck in, in like, a, you know, a hundred or, or two, right? Like, and, and again, like, I don't actually think that this strategy is necessary for for everybody. Like, I don't think everyone right. needs to be everyone that has a vacation rental doesn't also need to be like a, a creator, right? Like, uh, mm-hmm. and, and whatnot. But I do still think there's a plethora of opportunity in this space for folks to do this well. I, I'm curious how how have you guys thought now that the Aferm is live, right? Uh, you probably have a little bit more control during the build, but now that it's live, like, how have you approached your content strategy? Um, I don't know if we had a. St- strategy just we knew we had to commit time and energy to it from the very beginning um we i think we've always been brand guys we like even before this we've kind of we tried to tried to make a t-shirt company that you know we just ended up selling t-shirts to friends but i think (laughs) what we do well and maybe part of our like architectural education is this idea of like concept which is, I think, a lot to do with a brand or business, um, and and working out a story on on how it all comes together. So, when we sat down to to start this, we were like, if we have, um, if we have the opportunity to kind of use social media and the internet and w- whatever we can to leverage um, getting this place booked, so that at least covers our expenses, then we should do that. And again, we didn't really know how we were going to do that. We're like, okay, we'll start an Instagram page. I bought a camera and some editing stuff and just tried to capture, bring people along with what we were doing. And, um, I think as we go now, we, we realize that it is, um, as important or more important than, than we thought. Hmm. And, we're trying to stay consistent, you know, posting a couple of times a week and posting, like you said, not just the same pictures we've talked about moving forward. Now that this place is done, um, there's probably less, there's only so many sides to an A-frame that you can take a picture (laughs) of. So we really want to start, um, capturing more of people using the space and, um, kind of suggesting to people, you know, what they could expect from, from staying there, they can imagine themselves doing it, not just kind of like an empty space. So yeah, not so much a strategy, but just, you know, staying focused on it as we move through this Yeah, was, was pretty much all we had. And I think that's where it did help a lot to have three of us too, with Sean saying he got like the drone and the camera. I mean, obviously during the time of the build, uh, we had to let go of our builder very early on. So we had to take over the job in the middle of framing. So it's like as, as easy as it, I guess, as easy as the content came when you're just documenting a process, when you're there and you're like really stressed out on the build and like focus on all the things you got to get done. Like the last thing you're thinking of was like, Oh, Hey Sean, make sure you get this angle. It's like, <laughs> you're real. I'm just like ready to throw up almost every day of the week. Just thinking of all the things we got to do to make sure this thing gets finished. Um, so while we were doing that or working on it, 
you know, without us even knowing Sean could just peel off in the background, snap some shots. And then later on he can post it. But I mean, it, it yeah, d- definitely helped for Sean to kind of be running around in the trenches with the camera. And then afterwards, now when the content maybe becomes a little bit harder to get is when you have all the time and, <laughs> and the energy to put, put towards it. But yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. And that like was you said, helpful. I don't, I don't think everyone needs to do that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we, we saw opportunity in it and we thought we maybe had kind of like a cool story to, to tell of, you know, two brothers and three friends that, uh, two of them are architects and kind of designing this thing from scratch. Um, so, you know, we felt like it was, it would, it would be valuable, but you know, some people, if you're just kind of renting out a bedroom or a back room, your, your place, maybe that's, you know, not, not worth your time. Yeah. What what I always tell people, cause uh, you know, I'll get people that will DM us or they'll write us an email and they'll say, Hey, like, uh, you know, you were talking to, you know, uh, you're talking, talking to Justin and Sean about their A-frame and you know, I, here's my home and it's like, not as cool. Like, you know, can I use social media too? And one of the things I, I like to encourage people to, to think about is like anyone like content, some, some of the most like boring content can be funny. I don't know if you guys follow the, like, I think it's called Zillow gone wild on Instagram. Have you guys heard about this account? <laughs> I think um, there's a similar one on Twitter, yeah. Okay, okay. And it, it basically, they just show like these ridiculous like homes and all these crazy like Zillow listings, right? That's and the content is like really shitty. To be. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's almost like, it's like screenshots of like these like real estate photographer like photos on Zillow's website with some quippy, like funny, like commentary, right? And And I think about some of the other accounts I love and it's like, if you're creative enough to like, even if you have a, a, a one bedroom that you rent out, if you could like find a way to like make that a personality, make the bedroom a personality or whatever, and then create an account around that. If, if you're witty enough and funny enough, like people will latch onto that. People don't only yeah. need, like le- only follow accounts because they have like beautiful, like, you know, uh, uh, A-frames in like peak right. fall foliage in Vermont, right? People follow a variety of stuff. Um, now I, again, I, I do think it's easier to grow a following when you do have a beautiful, attractive <laughs> home. Right. Um, yeah. and, or you've documented a build or something like that, but it's not necessarily like a, a foregone conclusion that you can't be good on social if you don't have mm-hmm. like a brand new, beautiful property. Um, that said, you, you mentioned Sean, that you guys were, were both architects and I, I want to act like, I want to ask like, how did you divide and conquer on this project? Because Again, I, I've talked to a number of creative people. I've talked to actually a number of architects on this show, and you know, typically, like most of them have strong opinions on things, right? And and most of them like have have a way that they want to do something. When you've got two of you who both, I understand too, you you work together in your day job, right? Is that true? Yeah, that's right. So you work together in your day job. You're really good friends. You are partners on this venture in this in this venture, um, and and you both designed it. So like, how how did you approach? the the design did you divide and conquer on certain spaces like t- talk us through that it's only uh the the a-frame is only about a thousand square feet so it's not i don't think big enough for us to split up okay but um <laughs> i think uh, going back to like our architecture degree and it being more about concept i think we're we're not um i at least i'm not a very um particular person like I think I I can I'm good at stepping away from something and listening to like the full idea of what's being pitched to me and seeing if that makes sense in in the scheme of things like if we're talking about the stare at our place and um maybe it's about 
whether we're going to spend more money on this being the mono stringer steel stair that hmm. we did hmm. um, made by someone local or, you know, just having a typical wood stair. What does it look like? What is a, you know, slope stuff like that. I think uh, if you provide enough evidence for me, I can look at it, you know, um, look at it from like a 30,000 foot view. I'm, I'm okay with, you arguing your point and saying like, these are the good reasons why we should have this and not just, you know, a typical wood stair or like that for any, any detail of the house. So I think we work side by side on it. And again, we don't, we don't really butt heads on anything where um, anyone would like have to win or, or this is, you know, this part of the design is going down the drain, but. um, Yeah, I think, I'm like the most part too, it's like working at it together. I mean, we'd just be over my kitchen table with a bunch of sketch paper and pictures and we're just trying to do some spatial layouts. And I think it's, it's like a lot of kind of stacking on top of each other. So I'll just be like, Oh, Hey Sean, how do you feel about the two bedrooms down here and one up in there? And we split the loft out and then, okay. And then maybe then Sean would just go build on that and say, okay, but now what if, if we're going to do that? Why don't we try something like this? And I'd say, oh, okay. And then we'd slowly, so it was never like, Hey Sean, here's my design and my idea. What do you think? And he's like, Oh, I hate it. And then he's like, here's my idea. And I say, well, I hate that. And then we end up nowhere. So I think it's just really important that you're working legitimately next to each other and just on it at the same time. And you can really just bounce ideas. I think that's how we got through most of it. And then uh, my brother, obviously not having a design background just came in and, you know, for any tiebreakers. And uh, if I was stuck on something, Sean was stuck on something, you know, Ryan would just come in and and just say, you know, Justin, that's stupid. We're going to go with this other one. And, you know, okay, let's go. Nice to have but, that like third, like voice of voice of reason, yeah. right? Like the, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, really, yeah, the tiebreakers. Yeah, yeah. Out better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Hey guys, it's Zach. If you're enjoying this episode, could you do me two very quick favors? First, this show is possible thanks to a handful of incredible organizations who've signed on to be advertising partners of Behind the Stays. It would mean the world to me if you'd take just a second to scroll down to the show notes and go learn more about this episode's sponsor. Even if you aren't in the market for agency support or a new PMS at the moment, it never hurts to be aware of who else is out there. And second, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, could you be so kind as to give Behind the Stays a five-star rating? And if you're on Apple Podcasts, could you submit a quick review and let me know what you love most about the show? I know it seems trivial, but these things really, really do help us grow the show. And just a reminder that if you've ever got feedback from me on how to make the show better, shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com. You all really are the best. I love receiving your emails and DMs. All right, so check out the sponsor and leave us a rating and a review, please. All right, guys, back to the show. Now, uh, Sean, I think you mentioned, uh, or maybe it was you, Justin, actually, early on, that it's it's a mistake, right, when you're building something like this from the ground up to not have a particular guest or or a couple of like guest personas in mind for like who who are we building this space for, right? Like, obviously, a, an array of folks will come to this space, but like, who are we intentionally trying to mm-hmm. to kind of curate this 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 home for? When you guys were thinking about this. Um, what what sort of person or like persona like did did you have in mind when when building the chalet? Yeah, I mean, it, uh, go ahead, Justin. Yeah, I mean, we we kind of knew the air. I mean, knew the area well enough, um, being between the ski mountains, so we knew it was going to attract a lot of skiers and snowboarders. Uh, we did a bit of looking around on Airbnb to see you know what else was out there and being offered, and you know there are some nice places. There's some really big 
big places. Um, and then there's just a lot of kind of old, kind of maybe less maintained homes that were on there, hmm. which is great when, you know, we got a lot of friends, you know, they just love to shoot up there for a night and go snowboarding, find somewhere cheap and come home. Um, but I think we knew we wanted to be a little more special and we really wanted to like be very thoughtful about the design and the whole house and the whole experience. Um, so we, I think we kind of really knew we were niching down into like, I don't know, I guess like those outdoor enthusiasts, the skiers, you know, the hikers, but yeah. also with a taste of design and architecture, you know what I mean? Like they really appreciate where they're staying and not just like, I need a place to go to bed tonight, but like, oh man, there's this really nice A-frame up in Vermont. We should check it out. And also we could go skiing and do all these other amazing things. So I think we kind of had them in mind. Um, obviously building anything last year wasn't going to be cheap. Even if you're trying to be cheap, it was still <laughs> yeah. going to be expensive. So I think we knew uh, we kind of had to to shoot for the higher price point. So then, you know, that kind of led some of our decisions to be kind of a little more, a little nicer, I guess, yeah. uh, even when we probably could have cut some corners. But I guess that, yeah, that was pretty much who we had in mind. It's like the, the, the persona is like the, it's like the Instagram hiker, you know, like the, the people yeah. that they go, they go hiking, they go out, they right. go outside for Instagram, right? Like, <laughs> like they, uh, they like the outdoors, but it's like yeah. the outdoors is a means to an end, which is, right. like, you know, beautiful shot. Yeah, look at me outside at this cool A-frame <laughs> cabin, really not a cabin because it has all the, all the luxuries of home uh, plus some, but. I yeah, think there's that's, a, that's pretty uh, much it. There's there, and there's like a new. It seems like Airbnbs were moving that way too with the categories where people yeah. aren't necessarily going up, going to a place for whatever you know, whatever the city has to offer or the destination has to offer. Sometimes they're looking to start their stay with finding somewhere cool to to stay in. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we thought we're starting with that and then putting it, you know, local to two ski mountains um, to kind of pick up the traffic during the winter. And then we later found out that, you know, we're right next to a national forest too. So snowmobiling, hiking, biking, all those things that go along with that. Um, it captured a lot of um, amenities while also, you know, trying to find those people that are looking for like more of ex an experience than just a place to stay. Cause there's yeah. plenty of those yeah. around the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. No, hundred percent. And again, we've talked about this a, a fair amount on the show. I think that we're, we're in like the first or, or maybe like the second inning of, of this moment where it's like, Oh, wait a second. People will actually travel to the middle of nowhere off grid <laughs> in, you know, Vermont and stay at yep. this tiny, tiny home and pay $450 for like, 300 square feet right like like th like that is that is the thing right now like it's it's, right. a, it's a moment happening and they're doing it obviously for for the experience and and i think that like we're again just really really early on in um in this in this in this chapter of mm -hmm. vacation rentals and it's cool to see what you guys are doing it's it's incredible to talk to lots of others as well uh, and I, I think the really what, what's happening is it's just becoming a little bit more competitive right like now you like having a nice place well-designed space like th that's kind of like uh, table stakes now right like now it's like all right what, what do we add to that like how do we how do we customize the experience even more and i think a lot of the folks that we've had on this show and a lot of the folks that i know that you guys know well um in sort of like the instagram community are are, are doing are doing this you know really well i was talking to folks from the kingdom a frame um i don't know if you guys know right. alexis uh and, and skeeter yeah. they're awesome super cool yeah 
And, you know, one of the things that they were saying is like, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're putting out like custom, like curated cocktail menus for guests now. And I'm like, geez, like, how do you guys have time to do all this stuff? And like part of it's like they just love it, right? Like it's, it's part of who right. they are. It's fun, right, <laughs> for them. But at the end of the day, like when push comes to, you know, to shove or when some, someone's got to make a decision about the kind of A-frame that they're going to stay in within a, you know, a region of Vermont, if I know that I can go here and I might get a custom curated like cocktail menu, like maybe, maybe <laughs> I'll go, you know, maybe, maybe I'll choose uh, the kingdom A-frame, um, which is, which is really cool. I, I do have a question for you guys. So a lot of folks who, uh, will send me, uh, emails and whatnot and say like, Hey, you were talking to so-and-so and it sounds like everything kind of just like fell into their lap perfectly. They found the perfect plot of land. They, you know, found the perfect builder and like in nine months they had an A-frame and it's beautiful and they have 10,000 followers on Instagram. Like you make it sound so easy, right? Or, or they made it sound so easy. So I want to hear a little bit more about like the hardship, right? Like, like, or, or like the, like, you know, real talk, like how long did you spend on Zillow looking for land before you found the plot that you'd build the chalet on? And then talk to us a little bit about like the, the shit that happened during the build. How long do we have, Zach? Yeah. <laughs> sure. We do two episodes and we'll split this into we, two we, episodes. We might have to. We might have to. So it was February 2020. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess, um, yeah, I don't know, Sean, if you want to talk about the land thing and then I can quickly just tackle the uh, the fun we have. Yeah, the I, I, just for, I guess, um, perspective, I think it, it took us about two and a half years from purchase or at least going to look at the land all the way to opening our doors about two and a half years. So um, there's been plenty of stuff that went wrong. And, and, and I think I'll, us being maybe naive to the process, thinking that, you know, we can, you know, we should be able to do this. It'd be no problem to build a place. It's a, it's an A-frame. It's basically the roof of a house on the ground. We can do this. In the middle of the forest. Remote. In the middle of the forest. So plenty of things went wrong and I'm sure we'll touch on them, but uh, starting with the land, um, I don't, I don't know how long it took you. I would assume you just went on Zillow and tried to find some in the area that you were, we were interested in, which was near Mount Snow and Stratton. So we we're kind of looking in a radius that made sense. Uh, I guess, luckily, something that went right was we did this probably a couple months before the pandemic. Uh -huh. So prices on everything were reasonable, I guess, compared to now. Um, so we went to look at five people. Justin sent us five pieces of land. We went up on a Saturday, very cold winter Saturday. Um, we walked all the pieces of land. Uh, the last piece of land that we looked at, um, we thought was great. We showed up. I think we have video that we're going to have to dig up and, and find because we were kind of narrating each piece so we didn't forget, you know, cer certain characteristics of each piece of land. And the final one we showed up to was wide open. There were like birches on the on the right. It was getting in the afternoons. So there was just golden light Usable on there. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, oh, this place is already clear. This is beautiful. It feels huge. It doesn't feel like two acres. It feels huge. We were like, oh, this is beautiful. Everyone was loving it. On the video, you can hear us like, this is incredible. Everyone have their money ready? Like, we're going to buy this today. <laughs> so we went to Snow Republic down the street. Uh, we were cheers and beers. We we're like, this is perfect. We're excited to start this thing. And we, we were like, oh, we should just stop by uh, the real estate office, get some information on the piece of land from them, see if they have anything. And this as we were looking at years. it, <laughs> yeah, this is not a great idea. Wouldn't suggest doing that, by the way. 
and we were looking at it on the GIS map and she was like, oh yeah, it's this one over here. And we're like, no, I'm pretty sure we were on the other side of the street. And she goes, no, 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 it's, it's, it's definitely on this side. It's like, oh, well, then what the hell were we looking at? And it turns out we were looking at like a 14 acre already cleared <laughs> lot of land for like 200 K plus or something. So uh, we went back to that place and it's starting to, the snow is starting to come down for a crazy storm. And we ended up walking the the lot of land and well, it wasn't quite as large as the other one. It was still great. It was tucked away behind another lot that hadn't been developed at all. Um, and we liked how kind of um, separated we were from other places on the street. Um, so we were still happy at the end of it, but um, we, you know, we were looking at the wrong piece of land for, and, and <laughs> And almost so it was a roller coaster of emotions in the way. We didn't home. have that kind of money, but yeah, we still put an offer on that, found it, had all the tests done, perk and and well and everything like that. And that went great. But um yeah, moving on to like the construction phase of things, it got messy. Real fast, that it's it's hilarious. I thought you guys were gonna say like you because of uh, of the beers, like you after you went to check out the lot after a few beers and i was like no. oh my gosh like talk about like a, a terrible drunken mistake but like you guys were you guys were sober when you were looking you were just looking at the wrong yeah. uh, the wrong part we of the street sharper after a couple beers. <laughs> you got well, sharper after a couple beers yeah well yeah well yeah we were sober when we looked at the original ones when we went back to look at the one we actually ended up buying uh that was after the beers which again <laughs> i feel you know that lady she was an angel when we showed up in her office just three guys we were just like wet and just like you know a mess and we all just smelled like beer and chicken wings and we're trying to ask her about a piece of land and she's like are you kidding me like you guys can't be serious <laughs> and she took us serious and thank you for that yeah uh, yeah the rest is history so tell me about the build like so what what, what was like challenging about it beyond, yeah I mean, beyond building it during a pandemic right yeah besides the typical building a house is obviously challenging building during a pandemic even more challenging and then having to let go of your builder you know during the framing is the most challenging because hmm. you're not we were remote. We're from Western Mass, so to take a job on ourselves in Vermont was a, a big task. But yeah, I mean, I think you just got to be clear with your builder on your vision and the, their schedule and everything else. And we met him. We met him a few times. He was a really nice guy. He had us over his house for coffee. We were going over the drawings. Every time we left a meeting with him, we're like, oh man, this guy's great. Nice guy. He seems like an honest guy. You know, he's showed us some of his work. We had him uh, show us some of the other houses he's done. He did really nice work. So we were really happy with it. And then I think when the job got going, you know, I, I don't know, could have been a combination of things, but I think he might've got overbooked hmm. or uh, just really busy. And I don't know if maybe he, he took our build less serious, uh, maybe because we were just three at the time, you know, 29 year old guys looking to build a cabin in the middle of the woods. So he's probably like, you know, this is maybe on the bottom of my list compared to this 10,000 square foot yeah, mansion yeah. I'm building up, up the road. Um, but anyways, yeah, so we kind of butt heads a little bit you know, he wasn't showing up enough. Um, and then we kind of had to slowly let him go. Uh, we had to take the job over. We hired everything out ourselves and we were up there on the weekends doing all the things in between Jeez. trades. It was, uh, and at that point I had just had my daughter too. I was starting a new job. <laughs> it probably couldn't have been worse timing to try to take this thing on, but we did. Again, uh, that's where it helped to have, I think, three of us uh, just to be able to spread the workload out a little bit and the stress. But, um, yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it. And uh, 
we got it finished up by that September. So it took way longer than it should have Yeah, uh, for a 1000 square foot A-frame. I mean, it should have been about a nine month job, but turned into be a little over two years. So longer than we thought. Yeah. But, um, but hey, but hey, that, that's, that's kind of like the story these days, right? <laughs> like at least in this like moment in time, right? It's been, yeah. I think we're coming out of that. Thank God. But like, it's, um, it's definitely been incredibly challenging for folks. And like, I've, you know, I've, I've heard horror stories that are that are even you know maybe worse than this yeah. in terms of in terms of timing, but yeah, having to having to let go of your builder um, yeah. is is that's next level, man. That's oh, yeah, stressful. Wouldn't, wouldn't suggest it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, but definitely definitely vet out your builders for sure. They're number one, so make sure you do a good job there. So I, I want to ask a question about how you guys have found sort of the the community that you found of folks who are building cool brands building cool hospitality brands building um these these beautiful like like bespoke cabins i, I know that you guys are active on instagram and have, again i have built up a, a cool following there uh how how did you go about like meeting folks because another question i get a lot from from people is who like how do people know where to go like how do people know like who to talk to like there, there are you know zillions of like real estate investment podcasts you can listen to. There are zillions of like real estate investment focused like events and networking opportunities out there. Mm-hmm. Doing something like what you guys are doing, which is like building a brand and building this you know cool A-frame from the ground up, while it is a real estate investment in like purest in, in, in the purest of sense, it, it's it's a lot more than that, right? And like where do where do folks go to to figure out how to do? what you guys have done or or at least how to attempt to do what you all have done how did you guys approach that at the offset because while you had other investments other real estate investments if i if i'm not mistaken this was your the first time you guys were building like a short-term rental um in in this sort of like cool uh obviously like a-frame style is, is that correct yeah yeah i i think we noticed early along when we you know started posting things and started looking into this like cabin community that it really was like a community Hmm. there's a bunch of short-term rentals around us that um kind of you know we're open in the dms to ask questions to and i'm sure we annoyed them um (laughs) asking questions and just um you know without any context to what what we were doing or anything um, so I'm appreciative that they would even give us, you know, a- any sort of response there when I'm sure they answer a lot of questions a day, but it, it really did, you know, it seemed like a community that was small enough that you could kind of know the bigger names that continued to show up. So we just tried to plug ourselves in as much as possible and, and comment on people's posts where we could, that we're doing like building stuff where Justin might know some, some information or who to look look to to answer questions um and that's kind of how we got linked up with with janice we felt like we could build this place we we felt like we could design it and get it built but we didn't really know what was going on after that Hmm. uh for the the short-term rental part i think again naively we thought we were just gonna all right we'll just figure out the the rental part of this at the very end um and that was recently when we started to have to put that stuff together. Um, but she had been already doing it um, for two of her own places. I think Boone, Boone Cabin and Cozy opened before. And then I think she has the place up on the, the lake now too. Yeah. So she had a ton of experience in, in hosting. And uh, she, again, allowed us to bounce some questions off her and 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 start to try and plan how we were going to list everything and book everything and 
um it, and we tried to share as much of that as we could uh, yeah. along the way as well I think it's, I mean, it's pretty much like anything else, any other business or any other investment. I mean, there's obviously plenty of books and there's plenty of resources. I mean, you could drown yourself in uh, all the all the books out there for short-term rentals and what to do. But I think in our case, niching down as far as we did into this cabin world and then the A-frame and really getting into that whole Instagram community, uh, not being selfish, you know, like Sean said, like bouncing around on other people's posts and seeing if we can plug in and help offer yeah. our help. Yeah. And then just asking questions and just, you know, they've been, everyone's been great, like you said, and, and they'll give you answers and <clears throat> you get a lot more from that than you could from, you know, a hundred books, you know, that way there you can really be specific with what you, you know, you need help on and you know, they can, they can give you a lot of info there. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, it, networking is a boring name for it. I don't like to call it network. <laughs> I, you know, I just picture being in a suit with a name tag, but yeah, I mean, essentially putting yourself out there and just trying to, you know, offer your help where you can and, and just see, you know, throw, throw questions out at the internet and see who answers for you. I think it's huge. It's a great place to start. Yeah. And, and like my experience too, as I'm, you know, relatively new to this space is that people, people like want to help. Like there is, it, it's yeah. a very, very like positive group of, of, individuals they don't seem very territorial people like respond in a very timely fashion uh to yeah. to your dms and like it's it's pretty remarkable actually I, you know i don't know that this is true of of a lot of other industries uh or a lot of <laughs> other like spaces even even within real estate investment right uh, investing and so it's cool to see like this this very caring uh hospitable <laughs> no pun intended yeah. sort of like <laughs> a, a community that is is built around the space um i i want to i do want to ask about like how the chalet has performed as an investment so far like is it meeting expectations i, I, I know you're so early in here um mm -hmm. is it you know performing better than you expected a little bit you know uh under what you expected where like how, how do you guys think about it purely as sort of like an investment uh right now i think so far uh these first what three months i think it's performed i mean probably as good as we could have imagined the first three months would be which is pretty crazy to think, I guess, maybe shout out to Airbnb for letting this be a reality, but just we built this thing and then just be able to throw it up online and be profitable in the first month. I mean, for any other business to do that, that's crazy, right? Yeah. Like that's, if you're going to start a restaurant tomorrow, you're not going to be profitable for five years or so for us to be able to do that. I mean, that's huge. And like I said, in the beginning, our expectations were a little lower. We're pretty realistic um, knowing, you know, these first few months or first year, we really got to, you know, kind of build things and get things going on our end. So we were just hoping to break even for the most part, but I think, you know, we've been doing a little bit better than that. So yeah, no complaints did. here so far. So good. And hopefully next year we get even, even better. We did a lot of research, I think up front too, just, you know, rough research. And we kind of plugged in numbers as we could, we could kind of get more defined numbers. So related to expenses and stuff like that. So you know, we did early analysis to try and figure out if this makes sense at all. And I think what we were shooting for was that it paid for itself. Yeah. Um, so that we could block off dates that we wanted to go up or, or whatever. Um, and I, I, we're on track and we're doing better than that. So, um, I think I can call it a success so far, yeah. but, um, yeah. and, and I think the, I don't, we were not quite sure, I guess, if the Instagram part helps, but I know through talking to Janice that a lot of her bookings come from, uh, her Instagram following. So that's why we want to continue to, to push that. Um, so far we've had 
pretty consistently weekends booked out three months or so as we open the three months of the calendar. Nice. And, um, and plenty of weekday stays in there too, but we're just trying to focus on filling those up where we can. Um, and in addition to the weekends and, um, it looks to be going good and should be better as we go here. So also at the same time, kind of being mindful that this is new. And I mean, obviously I'm sure a lot of people talk about just all the systems that you have to have in place. So like for us being remote, we have to have a cleaner, Yeah, we have another property maintenance guy. So yeah. we knew, you know, we didn't want to get too excited and go, oh man, let's just over, you know, get this calendar full. And then all of a sudden we find out our cleaner sucks and we got to fire them and our, our plow guy never shows up and you know, he's a bum, but lucky for us, that wasn't the case. Our cleaners have been amazing. Property maintenance guy, amazing. Um, but again, yeah, so we knew it was going to be slow and we didn't want to push it too hard uh, and, and really screw ourselves over and, and have any bad stays. So we we're focusing on the quality in the beginning here and, and make sure we got that figured out before we get too excited. Which is honestly, like, I'm, I'm so glad you said that because I, I do feel like that's a, a good nugget for folks to kind of take away here. I think that there's an eagerness, especially once you've like, you've spent all this time, you spent all this money, right? Like you're like, yeah. why would I only open up, you know, the calendar <laughs> three months at a time or whatever? It's like, no, like yeah. I, I, I'm going to open this, you know, a year from now, up to a year from now, whatever it is. And I think like, I, like I have heard horror stories of after the fir those first couple stays, like people, you know, especially on Airbnb, right? If that's your, your primary sort of booking site folks give you a three star or a four star because they had a bad because your cleaner messed up or because the yeah. the snowplow guy never showed up, whatever it is <laughs> that has incredible long-term impact right on on your on your property with respect to its listing on airbnb right yeah. and i think that there are there are too many people that just rush in so I'm, i i think that that's really really uh, great wisdom of hey go slow at front yeah i know yeah. that you're eager right? <laughs> like you want to start making money but 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 go slow uh, at the offset and just just troubleshoot um, and then you know once you figure that out then you know put the pedal to the metal and even if someone out there listening is planning to build uh, their short term rental from scratch or even I guess a full renovation what we did that we think helped out too is like we brought like the cleaner on board early when we we're still actually building just we wanted to show them what was going on and what the space was like and they knew it kind of how to, how to get there I mean. We're not super remote, but we're also not off a of main road either. So we wanted to make sure they could get there. Same with the property maintenance guy. We made sure he was within like a three mile radius of the house <clears throat> and he was comfortable with the way the driveway was and the yeah. entrance in. Yeah. So we got them in before we even opened up <clears throat> just to make sure everyone was on the same page. So I think that was huge. Um, and I'd suggest if, if you can to definitely do something like that. Yeah. Justin was able to find those people by just casually talking with the people we were already involved in the project with um, and just getting recommendations locally from, from people and, and calling, you know, five, 10 people, 20 people at a time to figure out if they're available to even, you know, contractors all the way down to cleaner cleaning um, and like landscape maintenance. So yeah, just, you got to, make the calls and do the work to, to find people. And I think we even, you know, we had some other cleaners lined up that, uh, we didn't feel as comfortable with and kept calling people until we found someone that, that is, and so far we're happy with it and very, um, happy with the people that we've got managing, um, some of those, those items, yeah. uh, cause we've, we've run into a few areas where we needed their help on something big time. And, um, they were able to kind of stop by and check that out from, and we can't do that. Well, we've had to, <laughs> we've, we had to make a few trips 
during the week uh, quite often since we've we've opened, but to have those people there ready to to check on something is huge. Yeah. And yeah. I think it goes back to like the community thing too, is like when it's kind of both good and scary when you're kind of remote like this or in these like really rural areas like Vermont or in the mountains, it's, you don't have access to these like kind of larger companies or property maintenance or cleaning crews, but the people that are there, a lot of them kind of wear many hats. So it's mm. like, oh, you've got the guy that built your deck. And it's like, hey, you know anyone that does plowing? Oh, yeah, you know, my neighbor does plowing on the weekends when he's not doing this or that or when he's not landscaping. So it's like everyone knows somebody. So like if, if you could just talk to everybody that you meet, I mean, that's huge. You're going to kind of find that whole network. And they're typically they're very willing and nice about it. So Yeah, yeah. That's, that's awesome advice as well. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. I've got a, a couple final questions for you guys. One is around growth. So talk to me about, and I know that you guys, based off of your Instagram, are, are I believe, working on uh, an Airstream right now. Uh, but how are, how are you thinking about growth with respect to the brand with respect to additional properties are we kind of like one and done right now or, or, or how, how do you guys how, how how do you hope the next kind of two to three years will develop this um this whole thing came together as or started as kind of a creative outlet for uh Justin and i and, and ryan so i think we're we're excited to, you know, do something better or bigger or smaller or different, um, for, for our next step. But yeah, we have, we've got the Airstream parked in my, uh, my driveway outside there. <laughs> uh, and we haven't touched it for a while. We we're just trying to get the A-frame in order, but that, I think that's our, our next order of business. We've got it. We did some gutting of it, um, last winter, I think. Um, so it's gutted. It's got some plumbing in it, um, but we're we're jumping back on that now that things are settled and and that's probably the next the next move. But yeah, that yeah, and I I know like there's like the idea of like oh you know, I mean certain people just go out there and right now and they're just trying to buy up and build out all these yeah. short term rentals and try yeah. to make a quick fortune, and it's like I do think we're not going to be done with just this one A frame and the airstream and it's. I think it's kind of, I don't know, I've thought about it and I feel like it's like we have something to offer me, you know, me and Sean and Ryan and then having this design background. And I think for me, I like to think that like we're creating these like really nice spaces for people and we're making it accessible to people that wouldn't otherwise be able to get a chance to stay in these nice places. And yeah. 
versus like everyone out there just kind of diluting the whole space with just like dropping these spec homes and renting them out. Yeah, like I think we're yeah. being very mindful about the spaces we're creating. So I think, I don't know, I don't know it's, it's a little bit different. I'm not saying we're going to go out there and, and make 10 of them or anything, but I do think we enjoy doing it one. And then I think, you know, we can give people pretty creative places to stay. And I think we're going to kind of keep getting better at it, hopefully. And Airstream should be cool. We're going to see how that goes. Never, never renovated an Airstream, <laughs> but who knows? No, I think, I think it's awesome. I think what you guys are doing is, is super, super, um, it's it's inspirational quite frankly like being really intentional and like slow and feeling like all right just because you got something successful up and running it's it's performing better than you would expect it to perform right now mm-hmm. doesn't mean like you just have to like jump to the next one immediately like i think that right. that's also a mistake that people make is they see a little bit of early success and then they 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 take on more than they can chew and then their original property like really suffers or their brand which is even worse begins to suffer right. because they, they don't have the time to maintain and grow their brand or they don't have the time to maintain or grow their their initial property um because they're so focused on growth so i think growth is important but like sustainable mm-hmm. intentional uh thoughtful right. growth um is 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 you know uh, is at the end of the day will will make or break you so that's awesome guys last uh, question for you before I, I let you guys go here. I know that you guys are working with Janice, who we've name dropped like three times, I think now. Um, <laughs> and um, you guys are working on a a podcast uh, series called Cabin Culture. And I'd look, I'd just love to hear a little bit about uh, the inspiration behind this project, and then like when when can we expect the show to to go live? Yeah, I think uh, it was almost as kind of sudden as this a-frame build was i think it was like uh like a late night dm to cozy rock to janice over at cozy rock and i think we just shot her like hey just thinking like what if we made a podcast and not just about the short-term rental space but about cabins in general because we're both like very involved in that whole cabin community and we made a lot of friends and instagram and everything and i think there's something there um there's obviously like the whole the whole cabin porn movement where people just love looking at these pretty images online and on Instagram. I mean, who doesn't like to do that? But I think there's just like more to it and this love for cabins. I don't know if it's just like this imaginative space that mm-hmm. everyone wishes they could just live this simple life in the middle of the forest and and everything else and forge for their food. But there's just whole idea behind it. Um, and I think we just really wanted to dive into it. And there's so many different people plugging into the space. You got photographers, designers, travelers, hosts, um, and they all kind of have their own reasons why they got into it and, you know, what their thoughts on it are. And there's some pretty, there's people out there doing some pretty big things in the space. Again, some photographers or some YouTubers and things like that. And we just wanted to, I guess, extend the conversation beyond a 30 second reel or a yeah. quick little post with a caption on Instagram and you know we thought it could be valuable and maybe people can learn something or just just a good listen really so we're hoping I mean so far we've had some great guests some great conversations so we're hoping uh hoping it turns out great yeah Yeah, just a lot of interesting people involved in this thing and and we're excited to talk to them and hear their story we've talked to Danny and Duff from Off Grid In they've done crazy things on social media gotten a lot of attention and in some really cool places with um they're interested in the kind of design side of things dirt and glass incredible photographers that have been all over photographing some of the craziest places in in north america and i think europe now too mm-hmm. um and us of course ourselves we talk a little bit about our projects and um yeah just trying to hit every 
uh, every type of person that's plugged into this yeah. cabin community space. I, I think it's amazing. I think it's a fantastic idea, by the way. And I, I'm like super excited myself to just like stream it. Um, when when do you guys think you'll release the first episode? I believe a week or two from now. I think we'll we'll be good. And I think you know, as of right now, it's sort of just a mini series of you know five or six episodes and kind of depending on how they go and if we get some more interest in guests i think maybe we could extend it but for now just kind of keeping it to the the little mini series so yeah hopefully in two weeks we should have something out for for everyone to listen to love it love it well let us know when that goes live because uh i want to make sure we we share it and and whatnot um but guys this has been this has been wonderful i really appreciate what you're doing in this space i am thankful that you guys can be like a model for for a lot of folks who are eager and excited to get into the game but aren't entirely sure kind of like where to start so um i appreciate your time thanks for thanks for coming on of course thanks for having us Hey friends, hope you've enjoyed today's show. If you are an Airbnb host or know an Airbnb host who'd like to come on the show, please send me an email at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com and we will chat. Behind the Stays is brought to you each week by Spontaneous, a carefully curated weekly newsletter that brings you the best last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. It's sort of like Scott's cheap flights, but for Airbnb. You can sign up once again for free at spontaneous.com. Last but certainly not least, I didn't believe in Marie Kondo's whole spark joy mantra until I started podcasting. Now, my joy is sparked every time I see a new subscriber roll in. So please hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And so you add a little spark to my joy fire today. Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.